Welcome to the 12th episode of the Think Wildlife podcast. Today we have Akansha Tiwari. She's a wildlife filmmaker who has worked extensively with marine conservation. Um so my name is Akansha and I'm a wildlife filmmaker and I work with conservation stories which focus on marine wildlife but I also work with public policy. So uh, what got you interested in ocean conservation? Okay. Um Ocean conservation was something that was at the back of my head since I was a child but um you know when you research and you realize when you start making films that there is not enough representation of stories about the sea you know because we don't have enough access to it so we don't care about it as much it's looked at as a distant problem or you know only a scientist problem so i thought that we should um have more stories about the sea and the ocean and water bodies and that's how it started. One of your works was the film Tangled Seas. Talk to us through it a bit. What was it about and what were your goals and what was your experience filming it? Okay. So Tangled Seas started in 2019 and um it was just something that came out of a um conference that I attended um in Goa and the sarpanch and everybody was talking about how marine debris and ghost nets and nets in particular are such a problem because you don't know how to dispose them and they just told me hey why don't you consider making a film about this because um, there's nothing um on, and then we researched and we realized there's nothing on this topic at all and uh, nothing in specifically whatever stories are there are probably uh, related to schedule one species that get entangled in it there was nothing and um so far according to our research there still isn't some film or any um content like that which is specifically dedicated to it so that is how it started and then um we researched a lot we filmed for one and a half year and then the pandemic happened a lot of problems happened but um it was a process and we still are doing an impact campaign with it after so many years and there's still so much work to do so many stakeholders to talk to and when i started working on this my goal was to just create awareness because there was nothing um when we go to the beach we don't identify a fishing net as something alien to that environment so i just wanted to make everybody realize how much of a problem it is even though it looks like a small piece of net on a beach because that is the most amount of access a lot of us will get to ghost nets um they don't know what happens in the deep sea they don't know how many entanglements happen and uh, how problematic it is for some species like turtles or whale sharks and there was a recent um, report that there was a ghost net in i think the lungs of a dolphin in goa in one of their stranding so it's pretty problematic and if you don't know about this if you don't care about the ocean if you don't have access then this is like um even more difficult to relate to so that was a challenge that i faced and tangle seas is um it started as a project but now we're converting it into a company of sorts like sole proprietorship where we would be getting involved with projects and you know um take up the impact campaign in a more serious way okay thanks so why don't you explain more about uh, the issue of marine debris and fishing nets particularly in, in india where there's not much work being done regarding it 
Okay. So um, let's be honest, ghost nets are very boring. Who cares about, you know, fishermen's gear and fishing gear? We that we already don't look at the sea as like it needs to be conserved because it, it needs to be protected rather because um wait let me just start this again mm. okay so i think the whole marine debris and ghost net problem is not documented or cared about enough in india because there is so much we have such a huge coastline to begin with and it is not glamorous enough to get proper funding it's not glamorous enough um like you know there is no turtle project tiger project elephant project associated with it and the amount of work that goes into it is a lot more because the nets uh, nets as well as debris is found on the coast it's found underwater it is found on the surface um pelagic benthic coastal so there's a lot of work to be done and the um, amount of plastic and the amount of debris that enters the ocean is not stopping and doesn't look like it's going to reduce anytime soon so it's just um like you know you do beach cleanups and after two days or you know it's the same thing again in places like bombay for example so it's just um it feels like a lost cause of course it is not but there is um there are issues like there is not enough information in the public domain to begin with so you're just researching most of the projects have failed because research takes so long and then um there's nothing to um there's nothing that you can carry forward there is no information which is completed and you can be like okay this is my reference and i will do research on it you know so that is another huge problem um in a landscape like india what else is being done in india at a local and national level to tackle marine uh, debris and coast nets what is being done there are these uh, policy researches going on but marine debris is looked at as a um global problem much more like under um, unep and you know those sort of laws than something particular to india because they have a lot of other stuff going on and because of its geographical location also um india has a lot more issues to deal with so it's not so much of a priority what is being done is all these organizations like wwf for example that uh, at the top of my head are conducting research on it and but the problem here is that their reports are not public again like i mentioned so whatever work is happening nobody really knows where that data is going okay Uh, around policy also regarding marine debris so can you talk about your work a little bit so um i have been working with policy for awareness um awareness about marine debris and ghosts in particular because there's nothing happening in over 4 years we worked with different stakeholders who are involved with it and we are um looking at policy for creating better awareness opportunities like workshops you know storage spaces should be better documented they should be if i want to um use ghost nets to make maybe a bracelet for example i need to know where to get um this net from this kind of net i should have a proper supply chain if i want to repurpose it into a product for example so um 
and uh, that is just one example because i wanted to look at a commercial angle of it you know if you get financial return from it but repurposing can be done decomposition can be done that's a very scientific um long shot process and it's not happened yet but um all of those things if they have to happen if you want to know how to get rid of ghost nests that are already existing if it's not because solving that problem at the source is also very far fetched so once whatever is there is enough to deal with already and if you want to work on that you need to know the whole chain of you know where the, the nets are collected and they need to be segregated they need to be cleaned because they have marine debris there's a lot of underwater um, other stuff that is stuck in it so just taking that up on a local and global level is very important so um and nets are a huge part of marine debris marine debris there's a lot going on in a general um you know plastic problem thing that's looked at um globally but we should look at nets separately and treat them um a little differently than general marine debris so that is what my work has been about and um also i'm trying to provide as much data um like in whatever way through interviews through um questionnaires and through papers or whatever and i'm trying to make it accessible to everybody else to kind of bridge the um information gap that they're facing in this topic okay uh, talking about policy work so recently you guys have been talking about a lot about the coastal regulation zone pol- laws can you explain what it allows exactly right so crz or a coastal regulation zone is something under section 3 of the environment protection act and um so it was first issued in february 1991 and what it means um which is pretty recent if you look at the uh, timeline of events and what it means is that the coastal areas of like creek sea rivers everything backwaters um that get affected by tides everything um there should be a distance of 500 meters uh from the high tide line and the land so i will just read the definition for you so as per the crz rules the coastal areas of creeks seas bays rivers and backwaters that get affected by tides up to 500 meters from the high tide line and the land area between the low tide line and the high tide line are declared as crz so whatever um that might that um uh, sounds complicated but what it means is that you're not allowed to build anything in that region um and whatever ignoring the ecological impact and everything keeping all of that aside it is basic logic that if there is a flood situation or if something happens um every shack or everything in that area would obviously be located because you're so close to the sea so that is what crz is in um as simplified as i could do it you also launched a, a band apart campaign can you just talk talk about why cigarette butts are such a big issue especially for uh, marine conservation so band the butt campaign was inspired by a similar initiative in europe and um we looked at how they um i saw it on some 
Instagram post that had gone viral and I thought that oh we should do something similar like that and obviously I took their permission because it was intellectual property and after that uh, we collaborated with them the Indian um week of the organization and we did this campaign um so whenever we look at marine debris we always look at it as straws and plastic bags because um it fulfills somebody's agenda to say that you know these particular things are problematic and maybe tetra packs are better to get recycled easier to get recycled and all of that that's a whole corporate thing it's like how um carbon footprint works you know so it's on those lines and you would feel that straws and plastic bags are the only problem they're not cigarette butts enter the ocean directly from um you won't realize it you know but you just throw your cigarette butt just flush it down or you put it down your uh, basins but all those water channels lead to the sea and it becomes very problematic because of the filter and the toxic effluents that are there in it and it's just ignored because again it's not connected to the ocean easily like maybe you know straws are there and straws um because again so we look at uh, straws and plastic bags much more because we've seen footage of turtles being affected by um you know we've seen those graphic images we've seen those graphic pictures and we care about turtles we care about this uh, glamorous megafauna and that is why this is supposed to be the only problem that we address you know that's how conservation works um plastic pollution is something that is overdone now microplastics is something that is overdone and all these things are ignored in the back end so um we should just look at the statistics and realize how problematic cigarette butts actually are and um remember at the end of the day that every water channel leads to the ocean so one more question is that how can the lay person uh, tackle the issue of, help tackle the issue of marine debris especially the people who are not into conservation right so like i just mentioned um we don't realize the little things that we do might reach the sea like um whenever we're going out just not throwing your cigarette butts around not disposing of your straws around because one way or the other they are going to reach the ocean and then it's going to circle back to us even if uh, people would say that you know i don't eat seafood how is this going to happen to me but those if you look at studies microplastics have entered our blood stream also they um get into the air they circle back and bioaccumulation will happen one way or the other so the mentality of you know i've just thrown it and it's done it's not my problem anymore should stop and we should be very careful with our purchasing habits and disposal habits and just maybe get involved in um, cleanups more and get involved in ocean related conversations and initiatives because um climate change is affecting the oceans the most and first um yeah just because we're away from it doesn't mean the oceans are not facing problems and need our attention uh talking about climate change so how important is ocean conservation in achieving our net zero goals and tackling climate change as a whole the ocean is seeing the effects of climate change first right um the 
coral bleaching is happening so many other things are happening um and it is very Im- and it's comparatively geographically also the um larger statistic compared to maybe landmass you know so it's a bigger problem um than we think and it is very important that uh we look at ocean conservation um in climate change okay so that is my last question thanks for your time so i hope you enjoyed the episode thank you so much for inviting me